1: I'm I'm the founder of Lone Wolf Portable fans, Lone Wolf Custom Gear.
2: All right, well, we got Dan on the line. And I started thinking, I probably shouldn't have shared those pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: All
2: right, guys, we got Don Higgins on. Um, anything that's got to do with uh, chasing big deer, I've got my hands in it somehow.
3: Well, my name's John Eberhardt. The first one that comes to mind was early in my career.
1: I'm Scott Buckley from Iowa. Um, I had jumped him in the summer, too. He jumped up in that swamp trap down in the bottom. I'm like. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm chasing it. There ain't nothing stopping me.
0: Justin Hollinsworth. I'm with Whitetail Addictions and uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. So what are we talking about tonight?
2: We're uh, we're talking about the one that got away.
0: They talked about a deer
2: that we didn't get it done on um, for some reason. Um, so uh, go ahead
1: and get into the story of the one that got away.
2: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes with a juicy legend of the woods. Ooh, this time of the year is when you're supposed to celebrate the kills throughout out the season, right? So mm-hmm. we're gonna come back on hard on the legend of the woods because I feel like this is the time people are sharing stories of their kills. They're celebrating, telling their buddies, "Man, look at this buck I got done!" And uh, we're really gonna try to find those just really unique bucks that we want to hear the story on social media and come at you guys. And we're starting off with a badass buck. Um, we're starting off with Kyle, um, who killed Ed. You guys are probably seeing this buck. What do you say, 115 on one side? 115 inches on one side? Yeah. Um, four drop times, and the other side's just like a giant club that went out and then went down, had a brow time. Super badass, dark chocolate. Kind of a really unique story. Like, yeah. Like, not a lot of bucks. Crazy encounter. Yeah, and yeah, no... Five, five encounters in seven days mm-hmm. i mean that's insane man but um hope you guys really enjoy it and we know a lot of people love the legends of the woods but how many requests have we got like, i gotta probably, bring probably, a legend of the like, woods back yeah are you
3: guys doing any more yeah. of these or yeah. is this dead and i'm like well it's there <laughs>
2: brother we're just getting through some content we're gonna the off season i feel like is the best time to do that mm-hmm. you get all those stories of those bucks that people want to know more about and they just got a picture online and this way you know we can we yeah, can we bring get, it at. Yeah,
3: we got to let the season play out. Could be a legend
2: getting dropped yeah. here
3: coming up January seventh.
2: And, and we didn't want to leave anybody out, so we finally got a crossbow legend. We were we were looking for a crossbow legend for a long time. <laughs> we had gun, we've had shotgun, gun, muzzleloader, bow, traditional bow, mm, yeah, crossbow. No legends left out. It doesn't matter what you kill them with. If you kill an absolute legend, we're gonna have you on. So this was a, we a – remember last year, yeah, uh, yeah, you got to yeah. find You're a crossroad husband <laughs> to have on, you know, just so we're not leaving anybody out. I feel like that's important. But let's get to people that make this possible. We're going to get out with the show. All right, what you
3: got, homie? Starting off this week with Exodus trail cameras, uh, bringing you the trail camera tip of the week. Don't be slacking off on running the cams. Uh, just because you never know, um, gathering this intel this year – you never know what next year is going to bring and you might have to be out there doing the late season grind and uh if you keep running the cams you still have that intel to bank off of from this year for next year if uh that if that so happens to be the case
2: did you get the swooping eight picture on the north in daylight swooping eight picture on the the eight pointer that had the main beam that went way up is kind of Uh, way off in the distance to you no this is this is on the camera on the north that's angled messed up oh yeah 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 i'm like damn that's pretty solid buck he's right. there at like four i'm mm-hmm. like and he's coming in we like weird i'm like the for where he's at i'm like that deer is in was there. he going
3: north in that pick
2: yeah he's going north yeah. angling like this mm-hmm. so i'm like that deer is bedded right in there and that tree you could have killed him in and that's just like we're just trying some random ass spots. The other spot is just loaded with does. And midday, like <laughs> hell every of doe. And That one, it's <laughs> massive. Yeah. I'm like, God, there's so many does up in here. Well, now we know, Hella of doe bedding right there. If we get on the downwind side of that. Mm-hmm. Everything running out of that no hunting. Right. Right up into that doe there. bedding. I think that's why that post is so rubbed yeah. and on fire. Oh, don't let me forget that you got to grab that thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh But yeah. So don't, don't slack on the, those trail cams. We're trying to get on a buck right now, but we're also learning about this new doe bedding area that's just chocked full of does that we would have had no idea if we didn't have a cam up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, And and we kind of had a good feeling about this spot, scouted it early, and really didn't do much with it a couple yeah. years ago. And I'm like, well, let's throw some stuff up there. It's kind of like an overlooked spot and happened to be some ag there that probably would have been fire you know you're going in there hanging these cams you're also scouting for next year too you're like okay this is no longer a
3: hay field this is an ag field now that changes some shit the whole outlook but all right what you got else uh next level deer supplements uh providing the feed and supplements are great but most importantly it's also to supply nutrition in times that mother nature cannot so uh when the natural browsing the food plots are are busting and good um they don't necessarily need all of that feed but uh it's when that mother nature can't supply all of that that a constant source of properly formulated supplements is the only guarantee that can be offered year-round to ensure that overall herd health yeah. so getting Fe- them fawns yeah. out on the right foot is definitely key feeding right now is
2: the best for
3: does and for the bucks mm, like getting yeah everybody
2: nutrients needs everybody needs it cold weather's coming snow's coming um i got right on optics Guys, we're working on lining up to get the owner of their company to come on here and really dive into these optics, really dive into the story of, you know, why he created the brand and how, you know, he represents. We talked about it multiple times, but, uh, you know, he's a police officer, he's a veteran, and he's making a lifetime warranty product that he's guaranteed that you have a replacement within 72 business hours. He's trying to bring the best customer service possible. And if you see like a trend with us, that's kind of who we try to work with is like Exodus, really good customer service, next level, really good customer service. We're not only working with just random companies, we're working with people that are solid dudes that want to put out a really good product and not just make an ass load of money. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I'm excited to have him on. That should be coming out after the first of the year. Um, He's a busy guy. So lining it up might be a little strategically hard, but we're going to make it happen for you guys. I feel like this is not an optic that's known very well for hunting, um, but for cost... Definitely
3: more tactical.
2: Yeah, for cost-wise, for their scopes with a lifetime warranty, it's pretty damn it's right solid. In the, right, it's in, right, the right in the game with a lot of the other people out there, so mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to get um, some of their optics on my muzzleloader and uh, give give it a rip, so... All right, what what else we got? Last Uh, breath?
3: Yeah, uh, the hunt that Grant and Jake did last year in December in Nebraska, Mosel Loader, is out and live, and uh, that's a good one to watch. Uh, Some late-season action out there. Something that Cody and I are looking into here in um, not next year, but the following year, so 2023. Yeah, Muley
2: Muley's going to get it.
3: 2023.
2: 2023. Yep. Got antelope to focus on. Yep. It may be an early season Whitetail. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, geez. Here we go yeah. again. Every, every, this is a yeah. conversation every yeah. year. <laughs> every year. We, we, we just want to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be um, in six places at once. Yeah, uh, use the Black Rifle code, Whitetail Legacy. Get you 20% off uh, any purchase from Black Rifle Coffee. What else we got? Anything? And the Badlands code. Oh, yeah, Badlands code. If you guys are looking for something to warm up for late season, hook us up, look, or look us up. We'll give you the hookup <laughs> on the code, so... All right, guys, let's get into the show. All right, guys, we got Kyle on tonight. We're going to do a Legend of the Wood series. We know you guys love these, and uh, we're going to be talking about a buck named Ed. That's, a, that's an awesome <laughs> name. You <know? laughs> You're like, oh, Ed's coming, Ed's coming. Uh, so but before we get into the story, Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Hi, my name is Kyle Chaney. Um, I'm a professional off-road racer. I've been with factory Can-Am now for over a decade, think uh, like, uh, almost 12 years. Um, I race uh, side-by-sides for Can-Am, and I also race Pro 4 uh, in like a short course series off-road truck.
3: Nice, man. That's a badass job. Can't beat that. I would say one of the last Legend of the Woods series we did guy drove a monster truck yeah like yeah. legit yeah. monster jam monster truck like just yeah. get something off road you're gonna kill a giant yeah <laughs> that's what we're picking well, up on yeah.
1: you know like my racing season is is like all summer and like early fall and then i have like the races aren't nearly as like we don't have nearly as many races like in the fall and winter so you know i get that time to hunt
2: nice oh, perfect yeah that works out good oh man, that heater on my feet feels great. <laughs> just kick that thing on. That feels awesome. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, so the story of Ed, um, we'll share a picture with uh, our listeners on the cover art of the episode, but appreciate you coming on telling the story of this deer. Just an I seen the deer and I'm like, man, this thing is just epic. Like, it's got everything going on on the one side and then it's just got an absolute epic side. (laughs) So as best as you can, you know, if someone hasn't seen the cover art, um, go ahead and describe what this deer looks like and then get into the story.
1: All right. Well, if, if you would only see his left side, you would be for sure. It was from a high fence. (laughs) Like there points everywhere. It's got like four drop tines on one side. Um, like one, the one side scored 115 inches. Okay. um and then the other side you would think um that i don't even know what you think literally it, the rat goes down like there's it doesn't even have a point that goes up besides the brow time it just it just goes straight down it's really weird but you know it's because the deer was hit by a car but you know, that's why it has a funky side but um but yeah it's just like uh it's, if the other one side matched if both sides matched you'd be for sure the thing would be from a high fence.
2: I mean that that one side you're like god this thing's got everything uh, you know going on drop times bunch of points good frame good brows and then the other side you're like damn like <laughs> it, it it almost it makes it better that it just goes straight down cuz the rarity of it you know yeah. it, it probably didn't score as much but just the rarity of it is so incredible you know what I mean and and how much mass it had on that the beam had on that side was crazy too it's like a damn club out there he's just rocking
1: around you know yeah i mean he was a three point on his right side yeah. and the deer's 189 with three points on one side so <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> man yeah uh
2: did you have any past history with this deer or anything like that
1: yeah um it i i kind of got it, it's a fairly decent story so you know i've known the deer since he was three and a half um, I got a couple pictures of velvet um, of the deer at three and a half years old. He was just a mainframe eight, nothing special, just probably a, maybe a 130 inch mainframe eight. Um, the, and that's the last i seen him, just velvet picks. Never saw him again. Um, the next year, never seen him at all. Um, I was shed hunting the woods and I found both his sheds. Um, that was when he was four and a half and at four and a half, like I said, both, both sheds, he was still a mainframe eight and he was 146 inches with no inside spread. Um, so he he pretty big eight pointer, a lot of mass. Um, and then the next year I didn't see him, um, you know, no trail camera pictures of him, but there was a bunch of rumors going around about him um, about a guy hunting a 180 inch deer, um, not far from where I found the deer sheds the year before. And, uh, the guy got a shot at him and actually shot him. Um, this was in October. And like I said, these are just, this is rumors. I know it's true, but you know, whether it's the same deer or not, I'm pretty sure it is. There's not just you know, 180 inch deer running around this area. Um, you know, we get 150s, 160s, and you know, every now and then we'll get a deer like that. But, you know, this area, it's, uh, there's not just booners running around it like crazy. But so I'm pretty sure it was the same deer. He got shot. The guy couldn't find him, got a dog. Um, the dog tracked him for a long time. They never found him. I guess the guy that was tracking him with the dog said that the way the dog is acting, um, the deer's probably going to live. I guess they can smell you know, the deer's not giving off, you know, whatever it does when it dies. So I guess anyway, a month or two later, this guy ended up getting pictures of the deer again. So the deer ended up living. Um, I know he never, uh, got another shot at it. I did happen to see some trail camera pictures of it from that year. And I'm pretty sure it was the same deer. It was a big, huge mainframe eight with kickers everywhere. It had kickers off both its G2s, um, kickers coming off the bases like he he had a bunch of kickers so pretty 100 for sure it was the, the pictures that I saw were were definitely the the deer that I have the sheds of and definitely were Ed well sometime in between that year so that would have been five and a half so Ed was six and a half um the year I shot him which was this year so anyway sometime between when that guy shot him um and this year Uh, before season he got hit by a car or a truck or something um he had a broken rear hip um and i've got a bunch of video and stuff of him i haven't made like a uh, a video yet to release but i have quite a bit of footage i probably got 30 minutes of footage of him um but anyway uh when i first started getting pictures of this deer this year um we just you know it's kind of me and my buddy um from pa he comes out to ohio and hunts with me and you know i'll we'll go up and I'll put my truck cameras up. And then, you know, he came out, and you know, I was out truck cameras. So we put his truck cameras up and they were cell cams and uh, we weren't getting any pictures, no pictures, no pictures. And finally he's like, Hey, why don't you go move my camera, I'm like, I'm not moving it. I'm like, something's going to come out eventually. And he's like, no, there's nothing there. I've just been getting like some raccoons. I'm like, no, you need to leave the camera there. And this was like two weeks before season. Well, right right when season opens, Ed shows up on, on his camera. Like I said, he's from PA, and he just I just let him hunt my spots. And uh, he sent me pictures of him, and I didn't think he was anything special. Um, like the trail camera pictures, he's big, but I really didn't think it was the same deer because, you know, he had, like say, he'd been hit by a car, and he had all the drop tines, and like the one side was messed up, and, you know, I didn't really, you know, mark him as a shooter um and I actually told Chris I didn't think I wanted him shot because in the trail camera pictures he kind of looks young and you know usually I I target booners you know the last five of seven years I've shot uh, a booner so you know I usually target like older older animals so you know I I didn't want him shot because he didn't look that big well anyway a lot of my up-and-comers last year got shot so I really wasn't hunting a deer this year um early October I'm like I'll go out and sit you know and just kind of see what he looks like so I went out because he you know we had pictures of him coming into this mean field uh, pretty re- regularly during during daylight hours so I was like I'll go out there and sit and see if he comes I had a good wind so I sat up uh, I do a lot of hunting hangs uh, that way I can hunt the wind I'm a big wind hunter so um, I sat sat like 80 yards downwind where he usually walks out about 5 30 and this is in October so he walks out about five thirty. with probably about three hours of daylight left, and he's in this bean field just milling around. And I've got my video camera and I'm videoing him. And he said he's about eighty yards, and I'm pretty good. You know, I I can shoot. I'd shoot a deer at eighty yards, um, as long as they are like you know eating or you know not paying attention. I feel like I can shoot a hundred pretty consistently with my crossbow. I shoot a uh, a Hoy RX RX five. So I'm pretty confident with my bow, and you know I practice out out back. I'm, I shoot 60 to 80 yards, you know, uh, all the time. So, but anyway, I, I wasn't even planning on shooting him. He walked out, and I'm just sitting there, video, and watching him, and uh, I get about 15, 20 minutes of video, and the wind switches for like three seconds. The wind switches, and it switches back. Well, it was enough for him to get a whiff of me, and uh, he starts kind of looking around, and. Couldn't really tell what was going on. He didn't move for a while. Anyway, he ends up walking back in the woods. While he's walking back in the woods, I'm like, I need to shoot this deer. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I need to shoot this deer. So as he's walking back in the woods, like, I'm like, I'm not going to shoot him, but I'm like, dang, I just messed it up. Like, there goes my shot. I just wended this deer, just winded me. I'm probably never going to see him again. I'm like, I messed it up. I should have shot him by the 30 minutes I was watching him. So anyway, I go home that night and uh, I'm looking at the footage. Man, this deer is way bigger than I thought. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to start hunting this deer. So anyway, next day I go out, I uh, have a good wind again, and he doesn't show. I'm like, well, I ruined it. Like I, he went me the first day and, you know, an old deer like that, a six and a half year old deer, you might not get another shot. Well, anyway, the day after that, you know, this is hot, it's hot this October, and uh, we're, we're getting a lot of, um, usually we have, like, a prevailing west wind, Well, we're getting a lot of east winds, so I kind of have to switch, switch up the end that I'm hunting on, so I switch ends, and, uh, anyway, he comes back out, um, the same spot he did, um, the night that I seen him from the other tree, and this, this time, I'm, like, 120 yards away, so, um, but I couldn't sit there cause I had a bad wind. So anyway, I, I, I see him and I watch him, video him some more and I get down and I go home. I tell some, some of my buddies what's going on. They're like, well, you need to hunt him, like get closer. I'm like, well, the only way I can hunt him closer to where he's been coming out is if I get on the ground and I hate hunting on the ground. Um, like I know better than just to hunt on the ground. Um, there's no trees like the row where he's coming out, like to get a shot. I couldn't get set up in like, I just hate hunting on the ground. Like I feel like you're way more likely to get busted hunting on the ground. So, but anyway, I, I made a bad judgment call and I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna go hunt on the ground. So I literally sat on the edge of the woods where he's been coming out like 40 yards downwind. And, uh, instead of him coming out there that night, um, I hear like a crack behind me. He walks out into the bean field 20 yards behind me. And like I said, I'm looking at where he's usually coming out. There's like some, falling down like tree and i'm like looking to where he usually comes out and i'm sitting on the ground waiting for him to walk out where he usually does and i hear a stick crack behind me and there he is he's looking at me 20 yards behind me and i'm sitting on the ground you know and i like so i can't move i have my neck turned around like 180 degrees you know how it is you turn your neck and you're trying to look (laughs) out the corner you're sitting there looking at me and i'm like you idiot like, I just ruined this, ruined it, really ruined it this time. Well, he runs back into the woods, and I, I there's probably 30 minutes of daylight left. I just walk out. I'm pissed. Like, I just, like, I knew better than to sit on the ground. Like, like I, I just knew better. If I'd have been in the tree, I was in the first day, I would have killed him. So the next day I go out, no show. Um, like, yep, I was for sure ruined it. But the beans were still kind of green in that field where he was coming out. And uh, by that time, they were pretty much all of them were brown. And so the night after that, he doesn't come out either into that bean field. And so I'm like, well, maybe he's, he's switching. So I kind of, the night after that, I I set up in a tree where I can almost see the whole woods. Like I know I'm not going to shoot anything from here, but I know I can at least if he does come out of this woods, because there's beans on the other sides of this woods too. So I can at least see if he's coming out like on the other side of the woods. Well, that next night, um, he does come out but he comes out and there's a little bit of grass like that's green um he comes out and he's like eating in this grass like I don't know 10 minutes uh, before dark like he's coming out later and later and this time like you know maybe 10 minutes of shooting I left but I'm 300 yards away like I said I'm more more or less than like an observation stand so I'm like okay well if he's coming out right there the wind for tomorrow is good like so I'm going to set right there where he came out. Well, the next day I go in, I'm, I'm hunting only in evenings because like I said, it's in October. and You know, I don't like to hunt mornings in October. Well, anyway, I, I go in there in the evening. I get in, trying to get in early. There's construction workers in the field where I don't know if they're fixing a, a field or something, but they've got an excavator back there and they're digging up this field where he came out into a change in like the field tile or something. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> So anyway, I'm like sitting there and I'm pondering where to go because like I, said, I, I hunt and hang. Well, the wind for the side of the woods that I want to hunt on and the, the reason I want to hunt on this side of the woods is because it was winter wheat. So they planted the beans there late and the beans on this side are still green. So I'm like, he's probably not going to come out into the field. He usually comes out into the, the beans where I first saw him. He's definitely not going to come out into this grass field where these construction workers are working uh, well, farmer workers are working. So I'm like, maybe he will come out into these beans that are still green while well, the wind was blowing directly into the woods. Like if I would have sat on that side, but I knew where he bedded, um, pretty much from the truck camera that we were running. I knew he was bedded within 30 to 50 yards of this truck camera because we were getting him in the mornings coming in and we were getting him, um, in the evenings coming out, um, So I I knew he was bedding like right, right there. So I knew I could get into this woods and sit on the edge of it with my scent blowing into the woods, but it would be at a crosswind to him. So he could walk to this bean field with the wind at his face and feel safe, but I'm going to sit far enough down to where when he's coming from his bed, he's not going to smell me. I'm going to get him at a crosswind. I'm like, and for sure, right when I sat up, I knew he was going to come in that night, just the way that the wind was blowing. I'm like, you know, with him, you know, knowing there's construction workers out in this field, he can come to this field that's still green, have the wind in his face. He's for sure coming, you know, so I've got everything set up. And this year, like my goal was to to video my kill. Like, um, usually I just hunt and I don't video. And like I said, to hunt and hang, it's so hard to, to take a video camera and everything else. So, but that was my goal this year. So I got all my video stuff set up and, um, well, actually, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. When I got to where I wanted to hunt, um, there was a creek, and the the creek had like a big, um, like a big hill coming down into it, into the bottom. And I'm like, you know, I knew he was injured, so I'm like, I know if he's gonna cross this creek to go into this field, he's gonna cross it in the lowest, easiest spot he possibly could. So I'm like, I need to be downwind of of this spot. So it took me like when I was sitting there picking out a tree, I bet it took me 20 minutes to pick out, you know, the right tree to get up in. Well, you know, so I got up in this tree um, sitting there a couple hours and I have a doe run in like, and she's running in, like she's being chased. And uh, five minutes after she comes in, she kind of sees me. She doesn't smell me, but I'm in a tree that is kind of open. I I didn't want to be in it, but it was pretty much the only one I could get into to get a shot at this free crossing. Well, she sees me. She doesn't know what I am, but she knows I'm up there. So she's trying to bust me. And this little buck comes in and this little buck is the one that I always see with Ed. He's always with Ed. I'm like, usually when Ed's there, like this little buck is there. Well, he chased her in there. That That's this doe. He was messing around with this doe. Well, this doe is at the bottom of my tree looking straight up at me, trying to bust me. And I can't move. Like so, I can't grab my bow. I can't grab the camera. I can't do nothing. Like, I'm like, I don't, am not even moving my head. I'm just t- kind of moving my eyes, like looking at this doe, trying to bust me. I'm like, she blows. It's over. Like, this is going to be horrible because I know Ed's coming. Well, two minutes later, here comes Ed straight towards me, straight towards the Creek where he's going to cross. And like, I kind of, kind of looked down. I, I couldn't get to my camera because this doe is trying to bust me. Well, anyway, I wait till Ed gets about 20 yards and he gets his head behind a tree. And I just grabbed my bow, and in one motion, I just pull it and pull it back, and he steps beyond the street. I knew, like, if the doe blew, he was at least going to at least be able to get a shot at him. Well, he stepped out, and I shot him at 15 yards, and he goes 40 yards and, and piles up. But it sucks. I, I got the, like, the ending of it on film because I grabbed the camera and, and got him, like, falling over. But, you know, I kind of, you know, didn't achieve my goal. Um, because like I said, I really wanted to get it on, on camera, but man, with that dough there, I was just like, I, I knew if she blew it, it was going to be over.
2: Yeah. self filming's tough, man. <clears throat> you're always like, I'll have the camera right here ready. You won't have to move much. And then some situation like that happens where you got, you're like, I either kill now or it's, it's not get you know, and you got to decide what you want to do. And I would have killed too. And we, we film heavily, you know, mm, and I'm, yeah. we're always like, if it comes down to it, we're hunters first, you know, kill, we're videographers second, you know, cause it's fun. So gotta, gotta make the kill, but crazy how many encounters you had, you know, in a, in a role there. So you started opening, when was the first day that you hunted him?
1: Uh, it wasn't opening day. because our opening day is the end of September. And like I said, I wasn't even going to hunt the deer. I was trying to find other deer, deer to hunt. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any luck all year finding anything and, like I literally just went out to just to set that day. Cause I wanted to see what he looked like. And I wasn't even planning on hunting him. Uh, it was the middle of October. I think October 8th is when I first started hunting him. And I think it took me seven days to seven kill him. Days.
2: And you had what, four or five encounters in those seven days
3: or
1: yeah. man. yeah,
2: yeah. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Dedicated
3: to bedding in there for yeah, sure.
2: Dedicated bedded in there. And then seems like, I mean, he winded you once bumped once, but, it sounded like he was injured and he just didn't want to go anywhere. You know, he's like, I'm good here. You know, I winded him. I'm safe. You know, I don't want to go anywhere. I know where I'm at. I'm, I got food on each side. You know, he's got a little sanctuary there where he thinks he's good. And he's like, one bump ain't going to push me out of here. I'm going to chill. But that's something we're always worried about. Like you push the envelope early and you bump them, you know, how, how much are you going to affect it? But it sounds like he made the right call. Cause and we're the same about hunting on the ground. Oh, yeah. We always talk about it, but when it comes down to it, you just can't see anything. Deer comes in behind you. And uh, I feel like you got to, a lot, a lot of shit's got to play out when you hunt in a tree, but when you hunt on the ground, like it's multiplied by two. I mean, everything's got to be perfect. So,
1: Yeah, I'm not a ground hunter and I've done it before. I mean, I've hunted a long time. Since I was 16, I got into bow hunting and, you know, I've, I've always hated hunting on the ground. I knew it was a mistake when I did it. Even when I first sat there, I knew it was a mistake. I didn't want to sit there. I wanted to move. And, um, I don't know. I, and it's, it's, you know, I've, I'm old enough and, and, you know, I've hunted enough that I should have known better than that. I mean, cause really that could have been the end of it. You know, that, you know, I don't know if he, he couldn't smell me. He just kind of seen that I wasn't supposed to be there. So I don't know. I don't think, Oh, so I was a human or, or whatever. He just knows I wasn't supposed to be there. So yeah. I did get lucky around. He wasn't able to smell me, but, um, you know, I, I, when I went home that night, I was like, that's over with. I'm never going to see this deer again. And like I, I ruined it. Um, you know, and like I said, I, you know how it is those nights you don't sleep. All you do is think about it. And, you know, I just, and then the next day when I didn't see him, I I knew for sure I ruined it. And like, you know, by the time shotgun comes, this deer's going to get killed, you know, cause he, And, you know, this, this area is pretty heavily like driven by gun hunters. They, they drive it. So, and, and actually after I killed him, I went back in and found his bed. Um, He was bedding within 25 yards of the camera that I had. Um, He had his, he was bedding against a big log that was right there. Um, It was like, you had to like go through like this big canopy. Like you almost had to crawl into it. But it was pretty cool. Like to find, see where he actually bedded and and stuff. And you know, and it was easier once I knew that that's where he bedded. It was easier to kill him because if I didn't know where he bedded, I would have never have hunted that side of the woods because the wind was blowing into the woods. I would have never have done that if you didn't because I if I didn't know where he bedded. But since I knew where he bedded, I knew that he would be coming at a crosswind to there. You know, thinking he was safe because he's got the wind in his favor. But you know, in reality, it doesn't.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people listen to this will be like, "Oh, you! How did you not know that was a shooter on trail cam? We've been there." Yeah. Sometimes those trail cams make deer look thirty inches bigger, and sometimes it makes them look thirty inches smaller. We found a deadhead a few years ago. It was prime example. It's like a one hundred and fifty class deadhead, and we were thinking it was like a one hundred and twenty five. It was quartering away kind of walking away at an angle, and we're like, oh, that's a nice and, deer. In, like, that gray area, that yeah. gray it's light. Like, it's dimes. a nice deer, but it's nothing, you know, really that to get too excited. At. And then we find him dead, and I'm like, oh, that's that buck we got on cam. And we're like, shit, you know, that's, this is a lot better than you think. <laughs> so so I could see where you're like, man, this one side's messed up. You know, you're used to killing, you know, giant deer, so you're maybe not interested in him. But the four drop times would have been hard for me to, to pass up. I'd have been like, I <laughs> got I don't care how big he is. I got to get in there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I said, when I first seen him, like I, I really thought he was younger. Like the first couple pictures I got, we got of him. Um, it was all daylight stuff and he just didn't look that old. I'm like, man, this deer needs another year for sure. Um, and it really like, once we started getting a little better pictures of him, like, okay, maybe he is four and a half, five and a half, maybe. And then, you, you know, Once he stepped out into the field and I seen him in person um, and I saw how big he was and you could see his face and like, oh, my God, that's a bigger deer. And it took me a while to figure out what deer it was, Um, you know, with the drop tines and stuff. It took me a while to figure out it was that big eight point that I had, Um, you know, because he didn't have drop tines the year before. Um, So, yeah, it took me a, a while to even figure out it was him. And once I figured out it was him. I'm like, oh, this deer is six and a half years old. Like, you know, the reason his rack's messed up is because he got hit by a car and shot the year before. Yeah. So I mean the guys having a hell of a year. <laughs> had a heck of a year.
2: I wonder we we thought something happened to Pickles, right? Like he got hit or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if like when they get hit, they're so worried about getting food because they've been in such a like a, a state of Shonky. survival yeah. that they get out earlier in October. Like, they're not afraid of daylight because they're like, man, I got to get food. Yeah. Because that deer was like daylight as hell, consistent, mm-hmm. and he was hurt. And this he didn't deer, go nowhere. Yeah, and this deer didn't go nowhere. And this same thing as you, he's hurt, and he's daylight, and he's not going anywhere. He, we Homie killed a buck opening the evening that we targeted this year, and it was the same thing. He was in a really small woodlot, daylight, damn near every day, like hot as hell, nice temp, this wind, this wind, he was just daylight there, you know I mean? Going, going out to this field. So I wonder if there's something, if you do have an injured deer, they're so like dead set on like, I have to get this nutrients to get in shape because I'm already behind for the rut. I got to get, you know, I'm already in the hole. Mm -hmm. So I got to commit to getting up early and getting out there and, and eating.
1: So Yeah. We had that same conversation like while I was hunting and me and my buddy in PA you know looking at the trail camera pictures and you know from me you know having eyes in the field and what time he's coming out like yeah we have we had that same conversation yeah I I think you're right I think it you know it it plays games with them and and, you know they want to they think they need to get more nutrients in them Um, but he was in a very safe area like um, like I, I don't really know I mean I know pretty much all the hunters around here and you know, I don't. It doesn't get bow hunted. It was probably only a gun hunted area. Um, you know, so no one had even been in there yet. You know, a human had stepped foot in there. Like, there's no houses anywhere close. Like, super, super secluded. Like, you know, the the deer. You know, like I said, I found his sheds there two years ago. So, you know, that must have been his, you know, winter summer area, which is you know up to a deer is a safe place. So, you know, that was probably the, an after he got shot. Um, across the road and and came back, you know, I, I, it was probably, he just thought he was safe there, which, you know, he really was, you know, for most of his life.
3: So, uh, when you seen the deer in person, um, was his body, uh, what you would think it was like a six and a half year old would be, or, um was it kind of like you thought he looked on trail cam because pickles his body was i mean it's still early october 1 but um his body wasn't overly massive by any means
2: five or six yeah so but when he got hurt you feel like okay they're losing weight Mm -hmm. obviously so their body size is smaller so he was you know did you see that or did it look like a six and a half year old body
1: most of yours huge like when he walked out he walked out And, and he was huge from 80 yards. Like he was huge. And then like another uh, two and a half year old walked out and Mm. you could see how, like he was twice, like he, he was a big deer.
2: That's a good way to judge them. When you got two out there, you're like, damn that one. (laughs) Yeah. Or like when you got two on the ground, you can put them side by side. You're like, damn, this one's head's just so much bigger, you know, than, than that one. Uh, But pickles and our, our thing, you know, we, we, he went downhill from the year before but he did have some kind of injury we're not sure exactly what it was he just had a big scar during summer on trail cam on his back hip um and his well the left side
3: yeah no his right side his
2: right side was way weaker than the year before um he was probably high 160s and he was like 154 this year so he dropped 10 inches on that one side pretty much and uh on the It was the opposite side of the injury. So was this deer's rack the opposite side of the injury?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was the opposite side of the injury, which kind of, you know, makes me wonder what if he would have, like, you know, if he could have been a 250-inch deer. Yeah. Like I said, I had four and a half, and, you know, he was, uh, you know, let's say you put an 18 to 20-inch spread on him, that would have been a mid-160s eight-point mm-hmm. with no kick. Cap- straight- wow. up eight yeah so we, we uh,
2: had, yeah we had a legend of the woods a three he was three and a half yeah yeah one 180, 180
3: like 183 I think yeah and, eight pointer
2: and he had an age and he was three and a half so <laughs> wow yeah Yeah. Uh, he, he said he got the teeth back, and he was like, man, but he said his body was smaller when yeah. he shot him and yeah. stuff, and that's why he wanted to age him, because he's like, man, but, this deer looks small.
3: But, I mean, when you got a 180-inch frame on you and you only got eight points, I mean, yeah. your body might look small. Yeah,
1: yeah, and if you don't know the deer from previous years, mm-hmm. then... That's one
2: thing. You, you send both your
1: teeth in, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Uh,
3: Hopefully pick them
2: up tomorrow. I probably should do... Should do Kevin just so he got a more of a reference. I you think.
3: have, you still have it.
2: Yeah, he's still in the skull. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So at least we do. We have three yeah, of them to look yeah, at. Yeah, it's like thirty six bucks. Thirty six bucks. Yeah. We'll we'll tell, tell them to rip <laughs> them don't. out. But right. yeah, that's interesting when if you don't have history with the deer, you know, and you had sheds and stuff to be able to piece it together and, and history, but when you don't have history of the deer to go out there and try to age something, it's pretty hard because some deer just body styles are different than others, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's something that we're still working on to kind of get a really good idea of, okay, this is a five-year-old, this is a six-year-old. Um, cause I feel like once they get past four, it's kind of, it's kind of blurry for us. You know, they're, they're big body. They got a big barrel chest on them. And then you could tell something that's like past six, seven, you know, you're like, damn, this thing's old looking. Yeah. We got one buck. I, you should kill that thing. That thing's gotta be like 12. It's like, <laughs> got like probably eight inch bases and it's a fork horn with a bunch of kickers (laughs) off of it on one side and what's the other side a spike it's just a just a point just a point and just dwarfs everything that we got on cam
3: yeah there's a video of him hitting a scrape and then uh like a year and a half or two and a half year old yeah i mean the thing can barely reach the limb yeah but uh kyle when um when you found out or figured it out that um, Ed was this eight-pointer that you had. Uh, did anything in your brain click to um, help you kill him? I know he was just kind of there and hanging out, but um, did any historical things pop into your brain? Because we've kind of had that happen to us where we're hunting, we see a deer, and as, as this story is, like um, we got trail cam pics and so we're not really sure exactly what the deer is, but then when we see him and we look back at the film or something um we're like oh hey yeah and then oh shit we had pictures of him last year and then um then the ball's rolling and we're, we're trying to get a game plan to really really hunt him hard um when you finally figured out it was that eight pointer did anything come in to play there
1: well i didn't really f- figure it out until probably a couple days before i actually killed him and uh you know, because I, I had registered in my head a couple times, but I'm like, ah, there's no way, you know, it, it can't be him. That was from trail camera stuff. And then when I first started hunting him, you know, I did wasn't really thinking about it. And then, you know, once I bumped him a couple times and had, you know, the them scares a couple times, you know, you start thinking more and more. And I'm like, man, though. And, and this section, this piece of woods where where I was hunting him is, it's it's really weird. It's like There'll be a good deer there about every eight years. And, you know, and when I say good, it you know, booner ish. You know, there's you know, in the in the years prior to that, you'll you may get a one twenty. Like it, it's really odd. And like I said, when well, I you know, didn't even the year I found his sheds, I didn't even have pictures of him that year. Like there. He like he must have just been in a really small area and didn't even come near my my trail camera which was in the same woods just never never had pictures of him but you know no I mean I knew he liked that area um and I knew he probably wasn't gonna leave or at least go back to where he was like I said he had been shot across the road and um you know I, I wasn't really scared of him leaving too much because actually I kinda underestimated underestimated him at first when I first saw him and, and um saw him walk and I knew he was injured I'm like you know I didn't even think he was probably leaving his bed more than a hundred yards. Like I, I didn't figure he, he would, but um, you know, like the longer I hunted him in a couple of days, I, you know, I, you know, I saw him and coming out uh, 200 yards down or 250 yards down, or 300 yards down. And when he came out with the grass, it was like 400 yards from where I first like seen him come out so he was moving way more than i originally thought like i figured he was just coming out that one opening going to the bean field and going right back to bed because i just figured he was that hurt but i don't think he was like from where i shot him when i killed him to his bed was probably 300 yards um so i mean he was still traveling like he you know it definitely he and he could still run like when, when he busted me on the ground um he ran into the woods like um, like I have a video, I have quite a bit of video and I have, uh, um, a group of YouTube guys that are going to put a video together actually tomorrow. Um, they're going to start putting the footage together. So, um, people will be able to see like, you know, what he looked like when he was walking and stuff. And like what I first saw, when I seen him from the tree stand and, um, and everything else. So, you know, it just sucks. I don't have the kill shot, but, but no, I don't think when I, you know, it, it really helped me at all. Um, uh, More or less, I was just, you know, concerned about getting the job done because I'd done screwed up so many times. I didn't figure, you know, I would, uh, you know, I'd still be able to get a shot at him. I figured he'd probably go totally nocturnal.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a scare that early in the season to, you know, you're like, man, a couple times on this deer and he's going to be out the game. So after you you killed him, you went back to, you know, his bed. And do you think that that was – pretty much the only spot he was betting or do you think he was betting different on different wins or was that it?
1: I think I so like I said we didn't get of I him and we had a camera in there, you know, all summer. And uh we didn't start getting a pictures of until right um right before season, which I think the reason is is cause these fields around where I was at, so even I like, think he moved from somewhere else into there. Um they were still green, um, like the beans still had some green to them, and like when the other fields were starting to turn, I think when he came in, the other fields were already starting to turn, and he came into this woods, and uh, I'm pretty sure that was the only spot he was betting because we were getting them almost every morning and almost every evening, leaving and coming in uh, from the same spot. So I'm pretty sure. You know, if he did bed somewhere else, it was very sporadically. I mean, this was his main bed. He was he bedded there from almost, I'd say, the first trail camera picture I got of him, which was right before season to um, probably three weeks later when I killed him. Um, I, I think he bedded. I, I, I bet he bedded in that same bed every evening for three weeks.
2: That's the same thing I think about pickles yeah. he's in that same bed. Same bed every day. No matter what the uh,
3: wind. I would say, and it's nice to have that cell camera in there, just sending you the picture. You don't have to go in there and check it. And then you're just getting the, the pics every time he's there, you know? And so it's every day. You're like, okay, yeah, still there, still there, still there. You hear a lot of people talk about, well, his, he
2: switched beds with the wind this day, and then he Jay hooked in. And I think some deer, they got a good spot. They just bed there regardless of what. They might exit it different. But I think they once they're in there, they're like, "I'm chill and I'm gonna be in here." Because we, you know, it goes to show you that that deer was in there for 19 days on the same mm-hmm. bed and come out the same exact way, you know. Yeah. No matter what the wind. So, I think a lot of people are like, "Gotta have this wind." He's you're gonna you're overthinking a lot of these deer. If they're in a good spot and they're not getting pressured, I feel like they're like, "I'm good here. I'm just gonna go bed there."
1: Yeah, that was his main bed. Like literally, you couldn't see into it. Like you could be 10 yards from his bed at almost any angle and you would not have been able to see him. Like you would have had to, like, it was so thick where, where he was at. And there was two beds there against this log. And one of them was cause I actually, when I went in there to find his bed, it was the next day. Um, cause I kind of wanted to learn a little more about him. So, you know, I, I wanted to see actually where he's bedding. So I went back on the trail he was always coming out of. And sure enough, there was two beds right there laying up against this big log. And when I went in in there, like, and I walked around it a, a little bit, and it took me, like, 10 yards. Like, when I got 10 yards from it, that little buck got up and, and ran out of there. So mm. that little buck, you get within 10 yards of him before he got up. And there was just two beds right there against the log. And, like I said, yeah, I, it was super safe for him. And, you know, I don't think, you know, you know, during the rut, yes, of course, that they, they, they'll bed, and, you know, they'll bed where they can, you know, you know, win predators and, you know check those but you know during October I don't I don't think they're they're moving from their core bed
2: yeah if they're not pressured I feel like they're in their their area early season the first two weeks and they're just chilling they're like okay I'm safe here so and and it seems like A lot of times, everybody that we know that kills early is they're off. It's off the bed. Like yeah, they're they're going in 100% off the bed. Off the bed. They found this bed. They found out how this deer is going to exit it, and they go in, and boom, he does it. You know, I mean, so that's something to think about if you're going in there early. Even if you bump this deer, you bet you could should throw another set at it because if he's safe in there, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be back.
3: Did uh yeah and
1: and... good.
3: Oh, I was, I was going to ask a different question, so go ahead and uh, finish this one up.
1: I, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, the, the this way, you know, I, I think to kill a mature buck, especially early season and late season, is is to find his bed. Like, if you can find out where the deer beds 90% of the time, you kill him for sure. You will kill him, you know. And, you know, the only other, you know, strategy I think that's just as good or better is during the rut, hunting down the wind of bedding areas. You know, that's the only, you know, those are the two, you know, I think keys to killing big deer. You know, hunt downwind of doe bedding areas during the rut and spend your time and find out where that buck beds. You know, you may have to spend a week or two or a couple sits where you're just throwing the sits away. You're probably not going to shoot anything, but, you know, you might be able to find out where he's coming out. You know, like I said, I set that one set literally in the middle of a field in a fence row just so I could see, you know, him exiting the field so i think that's a a big key to killing mature bucks is finding where they bet
3: did you get to see where the neighbor shot him the year before
1: no but so i i know a friend of a friend that knows this guy Uh so i know the property where it was shot yeah um and he shot it out of the blind off the ground um but yeah it was actually the guy was a, a property that um you know i used to hunt next to when i was a kid but um, a lot of the land had been sold and this guy had actually bought it to hunt like it's a hunting property um i'm pretty sure the guy just hunts it like so i don't even know his name just a acquaintance of a friend and
2: that's how we get all our stories too of the (laughs) bucks the big ones that get killed around here well it's like a a guy that we know is friends of a friend that sent him a text message and then he sends me a picture of it i'm like Another giant gone. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yep, that's the deer. That's the deer. Like, it, a lot of guys are like, "You probably know this one." I'm like, "Oh, don't show me." You see it, you're like, "Damn, dude!" Every every one we find is dead. The
3: story's probably bullshit, but 100 factual is the deer is dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the story they tell us, you're probably like,
2: "Eh," but but uh, they those big ones die. You know, yeah. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Well, we're about 40 minutes here. We appreciate you coming on and telling the story. I'm excited to watch the video. Absolute incredible deer. Congratulations again on on putting the pieces together on him. And it sounds like you got a lot of slammers, but this one's got to look pretty sweet on the wall with all that character and everything Got it's got going on. So appreciate you coming on tonight and chat-chatting with us, man.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me.
2: Yeah, um, whenever, you, uh, whenever you get the video together and stuff, uh, send me a message and we'll, we'll share it up so people can, can watch it and get to watch the, the story after they listen to it. So
1: cool. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks for getting me on your podcast. Uh, and I listen to you guys quite a bit now. I travel a lot, uh, for racing, you know, I, mm. I just got back to California and Texas and I listened to you guys. And then from listening to you guys, I started listening to that Don Higgins guy, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of agree with what he has to say on about everything except for his expandable broadheads. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Don's a goat, man. He's, he's been killing big ones before we were out of diapers. Yeah. So we've had yeah. him on here before and huge respect to that guy. I listen to his podcast quite a bit. Um, real knowledgeable and, uh, really good at manipulating structure to kill deer, which is very cool. Something that we're not able to do yet without not, you know, not owning any ground or getting permission to really, manipulate stuff but it's in the works but uh where can uh where can our listeners find you to to see a couple more pictures of this buck or follow you on socials
1: um yeah i mean i have uh on instagram um kyle cheney i really don't know but like my <laughs> the, the like it's kyle cheney underscores i don't know if, if they you look kyle cheney up on instagram i'm sure you, you'll be able to find me um it's we'll be either racing um or so nice but that's my. that's usually where I'm mostly active is Instagram and and Facebook just look up Kyle Chaney I'm sure you'll you'll be able to get
2: when you make the Instagram you don't think about like anybody wanting to be find it and ours is like whitetail underscore legacy underscore I'm like why did I put an (laughs) underscore in that I don't know what I was thinking (laughs) it's like it's not natural but when you're doing it like it has to be different, so you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. It's got to be special characters. Yeah,
3: username taken. Well, yeah. I'll put a two on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, and then you're
2: trying to tell someone how to find it. You're like, oh, God. But All right, man. Uh, we, no. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on and uh, telling the story of Ed. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Like I said, we're going to be ripping more of these Legends of the Woods coming out. I'm um, also going to be talking. This is the time of year where a lot of people were successful, so I got some stuff lined up to Talk to these people about why they're successful. What what did they do different this year to to make it happen? Is there anything that they learned that's like a huge eye opener this year? Um, so I don't think we're gonna do a series of that, but I think we're gonna have a trend of Legend of the Woods and All right, you had super success this year. What was the difference? Like, what did mm-hmm. you do? You were able to get it done on your target buck. How how is that possible? So that's kind of the route we're gonna gonna do in the off season. And there probably be some BS podcasts in there. Like we normally do. You know I mean? So that's what you guys got coming to look forward to. Appreciate you hanging out all the way to the end. Um, like we always say, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast every Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whenever you listen to it. We appreciate you here. If you're not on Wednesday, it isn't Prime Rib, though. So Exactly. You're on like a ribeye on Friday for sure. Um, like one of those really thin steak sandwiches. Yes. Right? Steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our content doesn't get better with age. You, you got to get it fresh right yes, off the rip. Yes, yes. But, uh, anyways, um, always try to do the right thing, try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out.